It's best if you don't reach out. The unexceptional late 30s male against COVID-19, genital herpes, and $18 an hour employment. For more adventures, visit my website, bestifyoudon't.com. Part 37. I'm sad and still loathe behavioral health. After I unburdened myself from the indignity of teaching at a fake school and let a shocking genital herpes diagnosis and its aftermath run my heart through a blender, I really didn't want to start this next job at the lame case management agency. When I say I was shocked, I mean I was shocked to my core. After breaking up with Melody, waiting a couple months, asking her if we could be friends and being told no, that she was already in love again, I literally couldn't focus on anything other than sadness. I vacillated between comforting myself that I did the right thing, avoiding a potential genital herpes transmission, and then torturing myself with the very low probability that I would have received the infection if we took every precaution and did everything right. I finally settled into my conclusion that while the risk of infection was low, it was never going to be zero, and the fact that she moved on so easily probably meant I was right to assume we would not have been together forever. But that shit still hurts. Immensely. Although I escaped catching herpes on my mouth or genitals, I think herpes will always hurt my heart. I didn't have to clock into the Hummingbird Academy and always be walking, so maybe I could take the transition into the lame case management agency as time to heal. At least I was allowed to sit down. Before I tell you exactly what happened at the lame case management agency, I need to provide some information on the industry. Behavioral health jobs are abundant and low value. Every behavioral health agency is always hiring case managers always. Case managers are what make the scam work. You really don't want to work as a case manager unless you're intending to quit after the training period. The training period is always long and arduous because these agencies are very top heavy. So you typically have weeks and weeks and weeks of training and quality management and data validation and healthcare infrastructure in preparation for the thousands of documents for which you are about to become responsible. Again, this work is absolute hell and spreads worse than herpes. However, there's that ramping up process where you are only responsible for training, followed by a small stretch of time before your caseload swells to an unmanageable size. If you just need a quick buck, go ahead and accept a case management job and then quit the second your caseload exceeds what you were originally promised at your interview. All the agencies boast that their case managers aren't overworked, and they're all lying. There is no case management agency that can keep staff because the work is absurd and success is not achievable. So the way this Arizona healthcare cost containment system access scam worked at the start of my career 12 years ago was that the government gave a huge amount of money to the regional behavioral health authorities rebuzz that then split up the money between the networks and agencies the networks and agencies either rendered services for mental and behavioral health or subcontracted with specialty providers like esperanza siempre and its juvenile drug counseling within this system case managers were responsible for encountering that money sometimes an agency would accidentally describe what its case managers did as 
billing for services, but the money was already received. So really its case managers were only encountering for services. If an agency didn't encounter all the money it received from the REBA, then it would not get the same amount the next year. If an agency really fell short, then it might even be responsible for paying back money. Obviously, this all means case managers are bullied and whipped about billing, encountering. Every agency I worked for, and I worked for a lot because I could always quit and started a new one, had some preposterous billing expectation for its staff. Sometimes an agency was transparent and said, bill $500 a day. And sometimes an agency tried to soften the blow and said, encounter 25 units a day. And then there was some conversion formula for how much time and money was recorded in a unit. The system was convoluted the whole time, but I didn't know how much worse it had gotten until I joined the lame case management agency. But more on that in the next chapter. Agencies treat their case managers as the lowest of the low. Case managers meet with new clients, write their service plans, and send their referrals. Case managers then follow up to make sure clients are meeting with their therapists and progressing toward their goals. Case managers also have to write crisis plans, daily progress notes, monthly progress notes, cultural discoveries, participate in independent education plans, IEPs, semi-annual and annual updates, transfer summaries, closure summaries, professional staffing notes, and a thousand other types of notes that are always due and due again. Forget to do one thing one time? Congratulations, you're the scapegoat the second anything goes wrong with a client. And some clients are always in crisis because there just aren't enough counselors, therapists, hospital beds, and group homes to go around. The newly graduated therapists come in through the agencies that accept access Arizona's Medicaid, and then leave for private practice the moment they gain experience. After many years, I discovered the secret to success in these case, case management jobs was to learn the difference between a good lie and a bad lie. Obviously, lying about a client's treatment details is a bad lie, but lying about how much time you spent on a billable or encounterable task is a good lie. I simply got into the habit of always lying about how much time I spent encountering money for the agency, which then spared me that aggressive bullying and whipping for management so I could focus on actually helping the handful of clients who stood to benefit from a therapeutic working relationship with me. The very first time I was hired into a behavioral health job as a case manager, the supervisor leveled with me and said she wasn't going to check references or worry about my lack of experience because she just needed five new staff to start immediately to avoid a fine from the state for being dangerously understaffed. She even suggested I bring a book because I wouldn't be able to do anything until I was trained and she didn't know when she could offer training. I still hadn't been trained by the time I received my first client and when the grandmother called me and said her adopted grandson, my client, had come home from school and provoked all the neighbors into hating her by ringing each doorbell along his walk, I asked her what the heck she wanted me to do about it. I don't know, she thought it over. Could you just come talk to him? That was the first time I threw a little client's folder into my backpack, set my staff ma magnet to out of office, and headed over to a home to talk some empathetic sense into an angry, depressed, or otherwise traumatized kid. 
Ding Dong Ditch and I became buddies, and according to his grandmother, he really benefited from my mentoring. This scenario played out over and over again, and my niche became the aggressive young people other case managers wanted to avoid. For a while, I enjoyed the challenge, but I possibly liked being away from the office more. So the way I settled into working my first case management job was probably the only way to approach any job that truly doesn't give a fuck about you. I tried to help kids as much as possible and then lied about billing because the success metrics were simply not achievable. For example, you're supposed to write progress notes for every phone call you make, and billing a three-minute phone call legitimately takes 10 to 15 minutes to properly document. You will never make your daily that way. Just spend 45 minutes helping a kid like Ding Dong Ditch and then write a progress note saying you were with him for 90 minutes. My bosses were always happy, my clients were always happy, and I was always happy-ish. But the fraud and abuse was never more evident than when the CEO of my first agency handed my boss a corporate referral. The supervisor who hired me had no choice but to hire this asshole whose grandmother was a revered judge. Asshole was never going to show up for work, but he was going to draw income as an indirect way for our CEO to donate to a political pet project, Arizona's Bicentennial Celebration. My supervisor was upset because asshole's salary made her unit look like its overall billing or encountering was down an entire person because it was, asshole walked around the office once in a blue moon, hit on women, and offered to take me to strip clubs. At a strip club, asshole encouraged me not to work very hard because, according to him, our CEO liked to laugh about how little he paid us. Behavioral health is a joke. Do not work as a case manager unless you are in on the joke. It's best if you don't reach out. The unexceptional late 30s male against COVID-19, genital herpes, and $18 an hour employment. For more adventures, visit my website, bestifyoudon't.com.